Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. I don't know how much of that you were able to understand because the guy has like a real thick Australian accent, you know. I wish I could talk like that. So what happened was a, a whale, um, a, a, these two whales kept getting, um, kept getting stranded. You ever seen like on, you know, on you know, the news or whatever, like a, a beached whale and there's all these people at the beach trying to get the whale back into the ocean? Well, there were t- these two whales, they were just stupid as, as all get out, fell off the stupid tree, hit every branch on the way down and were, you know, they kept working their way back onto the beach. You know, get, the people would put them back in the ocean, they'd start swimming the right direction, then they get turned around, they'd keep, they kept beaching themselves. Um, and, and finally, you know, the people were giving up and they're like, these whales are just going to die. You know, they're going to keep beaching themselves and end up dying. Well, this dolphin that was kind of like known in the area, um, named Moko, started um, calling out to these whales. And, you know, the dolphin, or however they, you know, you know <laughs> what do you think, you know? <laughs> I just cussed you out in dolphin. You didn't even know it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the, this dolphin, Moko, starts calling out to these whales, and the whales follow the dolphin out into safe waters to where they're not going to get turned around and beach themselves again. So um, this dolphin was kind of like the rescuer of these whales, and I thought it kind of represented poor old Lot's situation. Some of you have been here for all four weeks of Lot, some of you not, some of you this is your first week, but Lot had that knack of getting himself into just the worst situations, making the worst decisions. If, if there was a way to sin or a way to screw up your life, Lot could do it, and Lot kept spiritually beaching himself. He, he was the beach whale. His, his, his uncle Abraham would come and rescue him and put him back out you know, in the water per se, and then Lot would get turned around and he'd find himself right back where he was. And Lot kind of reminds me of me, and maybe Lot reminds you of you. And just like Lot was kind of the beached whale, you feel like a beached whale. Not like when you're taking pictures in your bathing suit, but like uh, when you're, um, nobody thought that was funny. Oh, man, that, I'm so discouraged right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you just took it personally. You, know, you, feel, you feel attacked and triggered. Okay. Uh, so you, you, you feel like, spiritually speaking, you, the, the, every time you get some victory over sin or every, every time you start doing better spiritually, you, know, you get turned around and find yourself right back on the beach and somebody's trying to help you. You're trying to get back, you, you're trying to get back where you need to be with God. You know, it's not working out real well for you doing it yourself. People are trying to help you, but they, they, they're getting frustrated with you because they keep <laughs> putting you back where you're supposed to be and you keep coming right back. And, and that was Lot. And in a lot of ways, that's us. And Lot tried doing a couple things. He tried rescuing himself. It didn't work. Um, he tried other people rescuing him. That didn't work. Hey, guys, we're up here. If we're not, we're not going to do this this week, okay? Okay? Um, yeah, Lot was trying to rescue himself. Abraham was trying to rescue. Nobody could rescue him. What it took, it took the hand of God to rescue lot. And, you know, we, we do lessons sometimes that are like, you know, you, here are five action steps that you can do. This isn't like a do this. This is a, a, a be this. And tonight, kind of the main point of, of, of our, our lesson is be rescued by God. Now, I need to give you a little heads up. We're going to be in Genesis 19 tonight. And um, this is one, the middle school lesson is usually about 20 minutes long. The high school lesson is about 30 minutes long. Um, all of the extra 10 minutes of the high school lesson are the thing, the content I had to edit out for the middle school because it may or may not have been inappropriate. Um, there, there, there's, a lot, um, there's a lot that's going on here that maybe you would find shocking to be in the Bible. Um, the big takeaway when you were maybe in Sunday school was that Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. Um, but there are, trust me, there are a lot more shocking things in here than a salty wife. 
Uh, yeah, there, there are a lot more shocking things. We're, we're going to read this. Um, and, and remember, as we're reading, this, is, this isn't like humorous. This is the reality of the sin that was in the city. Um, in a way, it's a reality of the sin in our lives. Um, as always, now that we're split up high school, middle school, if you have a question about something, <laughs> you may really have some questions tonight. Just, you know, shout it out, raise your hand. We'll see if we have a couple minutes, we'll take and we'll, we'll kind of answer that question or clarify, you know, what we're talking about. So if you say, Matt, you know, what you're saying is ridiculous, you know, let me know. Um, Genesis 19, we're not going to read every verse. We're going to kind of paraphrase. So it's going to drive Matt crazy there trying to advance the words. But yeah, he's a smart guy. He's a pharmacist. He doesn't mess up most of the time. Um, So uh, uh, Genesis 19, uh, if you remember, when we left off, Abraham had prayed for Lot. Um, and, and two angels were getting ready to go down and, and destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, in verse 1 of, eight, of Genesis 19, the angels arrived. So look, it says, two angels came to Sodom in the evening. So it's evening, sunset. Um, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom, which is interesting because that's where all the political leaders of the cities would sit was in the gates. So Lot's now not just like living there. He's like a leader there. Uh, so Lot's sitting in the gate. And when he saw them, he rose to meet them. And you're here to kind of paraphrase what Lot does. He, see, he recognizes they're angels. So you know, the first thing he does, most people do when they see an angel is they, get, they, you know, they, you know, they bow down to him. So Lot bows down. says he puts his face on the ground. And then he says, hey, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house. Hey, come, come stay with me. Stay at my place for the night. Crash on my couch. And, and the angel said, no, we're going to stay in the city center. We're going to stay in the, in, the, in the middle of the city, the town square. And back then, like if you were a, a, a journeying from one city to another city and you were kind of passing through, there's no motel, motel sixes back then. So you would stay in the city center. And that was like a safe place to stay. But Lot's like, oh, you don't want to stay in our city center, trust me. Um, there are a lot of bad people. You know, it's kind of like certain places in Huntington you may not want to be when the sun goes down. I took the, Matt to one of those places. And we had so much fun. And then like two months later, I saw all the guys like on WSAZ getting arrested. They're all from Detroit that we, yeah, I didn't tell you that. Anyway, yeah, certain, <laughs> certain places in town you don't want to be in lots. Like this, yeah, there's no good place in this town. And, and he, you know, just like you really lay it on thick to your parents when you want to do something, you annoy the fire out of them until they give you what you want. A lot annoys these angels. Finally, like, okay, Lot, we'll crash at your place. Let's just go. If you'll shut up, you know, so Lot, um, you know, Lot takes him back to his place. He fixes them really good. Yeah, he, he, it says he fixes them bread and all this meal. And they eat, you know, they, they eat, they talk, they, it's re- time to go to sleep. So the people in Lot's house are Lot, the two angels, his wife, and his two daughters. So they're getting ready. They're laying down at, uh, uh, yeah, in, the, in the house, getting ready to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. Verse 4, it says, Before they lay down, the men of the city, these are the, you know, all the, uh, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man. So literally the whole town is gathered in front of Lot's house. And they called to Lot, I guess through the door. Where are those men that came to you tonight? Bring them out that we may know them. Some of your versions of the Bible say something a little differently, and I can tell by the looks on your faces. <laughs> um, yeah. The King James says it kind of nicely. They say that we may know them carnally. Um, I think the New Living Translation just says, bring those men out that we can have sex with them. Um, and some of you are like, yeah, that's what mine said. Yeah, um, so th- that's what's going on. Uh, that's what's happening in this situation. Literally the whole city is gathered outside of Lot's house because they want to rape the two visitors that are in the house. That's how it was. That's what was, what was happening. 
So Lot, verse 6, it says he goes out to the entrance, you know, he closes the door behind him. He tries to calm every, you know, he's, okay, guys, let's talk about this rationally. He's that kind of guy, you know, let's talk about this. And yeah, Lot's thinking had been so twisted from living in Sodom for so long. This is his idea of a solution to the problem. Just, just read it. Sometimes it's best just to read it. He says, I beg you, brothers, verse 7, don't act so wickedly. Verse 8, behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they've come under the shelter of my roof. Talk about some screwed up thinking, right? You talk about some messed up in the head thinking, to think that this is a logical solution to the problem. And I, I really don't want to, <laughs> it's weird to even talk about, but you, you know what he's doing, right? You understand the transaction that's happening here. The men, the men outside the city, though, have nothing of it. They don't want lost daughters. They want those two men in his house. So they say, stand back. Hey, this fellow came to sojourn and he's become our judge. Hey, you know, weren't you outside the city a couple, a couple of years ago? Now you're in the city. You want to tell us what to do? You want to boss us around? I don't think so, Jack. Then it says they pressed hard against the man lost. So they're, they're all up in his business and they try to break the door down. It reminds me of Beauty and the Beast, you know, when they're storming the castle and they have that big, you know, log and they're trying to break the door down. Hey, that's what's going on here. But the men, now these are the angels that are inside the house. It says in verse 10, they reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door and they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house. They all go blind and you would think they would take that as a, as, as a hint to go home. <laughs> we don't want to mess with these guys. Look at what it says. So they wore themselves out, groping for the door. Even their blindness could not stop the the sinful lust and abuse that they had in mind for these men to where they're literally blind trying to find it reminds me of like a scene you know from the walking dead you know like usually when when an episode ends it ends with like all the zombies descending on you know, glenn under a car or something like that you know and they're all like you know they're they're all like this that's what's going on here the utter like depravity of sin you see um, then in verse 12, the men, the angels, this is a paraphrase here, um, they say to Lot, hey, yeah, anybody you know in a city, anybody who's a good person, anybody who, who you're, you're, you're related to or anything, go get them, get, get them, tell them to start packing up because we're destroying this city tomorrow. Like God is going to destroy it with hell, fire, hell, hell, I better be careful the way I talk it, hell, fire and brimstone, so you best be getting out of here tomorrow. So Lot goes and his, his daughters that he you know, had just totally sold out, were engaged. They had fiancés. And he goes to their fiancés and he's like, hey, there's all kind of paraphrasing here. Matt's doing a good job following along. He's saying, hey, you you guys got to come with us. This city's going to be destroyed. And the guys just laugh at him. The fiancés, they're like, that's a good one, Lot. Why should we believe what you have to say? They don't go with Lot. Um, So then the sun comes up. Verse 15, it says, the morning dawn, the angels urged Lot saying, up, Take your wife and your daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. So they're, they're, yeah, they're trying to wake Lot up. You know, he's still sleeping, and they're, they're waking up and saying, get out of here. Here's a big but, big but of the Bible, verse 19. It says, but Lot lingered. He didn't want to leave. He liked the city, even though it was going to be destroyed. He said, hey, you know, I, I, like, my, I like my house. I like my city. I like getting up on Saturday morning watching uh, college football game day, like, like, like on my big screen ESPN. Like, I, I, I don't want to leave. So look what has to happen for him to leave. The angels, the men, seize him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful, and they brought him out of the city. And they set him outside the city. 
As they bring them out, they say, yeah, run for us, run. You know, they're like, run, you know, escape, run for the hills. And Lot says, hey, you know, I'm not a young man anymore. I can't run a 5K in less than, you know, like, like 20 minutes. I need some help here. Um, can I go to like maybe a, a city down the road? It's this little city called Zoar. Can I go there instead of running for the hills? And angels say, if you go to that city, we'll spare that city. So Lot and his daughters, they go that direction. And then it says in verse 24, and they, they warn Lot and his family, don't look back when the city's being destroyed. So uh, verse 24 says, the Lord reigns on Sodom and Gomorrah, um, sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew the cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the city and what grew on the ground. So the city goes from being this like lush, like garden, like farming place to being a desert. And it's still a desert to this day. Um, and Lot's wife doesn't listen to the angels when they say don't look back and she looks back and she's like man I really miss Sot and she gets frozen she turns into a pillar of salt uh, she just becomes salt. I wonder if when Lot like escaped, if you know, he's baking bread or something, he's like tells one of his, his daughters, hey, will you go like eh, grab a teaspoon of, spoon of salt from your mom, like take it out of your mom, like make some bread. No. Um, but yeah, she turns into this pillar of salt And Abraham is afraid to stay in the city that he fled to because he's so, the, the sin has made him so fearful that he, and it takes his daughters into a cave and they live in a cave for years and years and years. And this is where we couldn't go with middle school. And this is, you think the story can't get any more terrible and disgusting, but it does. So it's Lot and his two daughters. They be, essentially become hermits. You know what I mean by hermits? They just, they don't have any contact with the outside world. His daughter's like, hey, you know, when our dad, they're talking to sister to sister, when our dad dies, we're not going to have any man to take care of us. Back then, women couldn't buy, sell, women couldn't do anything back then. So like, if you were without like a, a man you were related to, you're in big trouble. So they, they come up with, this is their solution. It's just about as bad as Lot's solution to his problem. They say, let's get dad drunk. Let's each take turns sleeping with our dad so we can get pregnant and have sons who can take care of us. And that's what they do. That's the paraphrase of verses like 30 through 38. And that's really the last that we hear of Lot. What a sad, sad story. Someone who we learn was actually a believer, was considered righteous, who's going to be in heaven. <laughs> we're going to see Lot in heaven one day, and we're going to be like, what are you thinking, man? Right? But we, we learn some things about Lot that I really think should change our mind about the way that we think about some things. And Tonight, I have just three points you know, for, for the next like you know, eight minutes. I just have three points that I want you to, I want to ask you to change your, this is kind of like a reasoning thing, okay? I, I want to reason with you a little bit, and I want to ask you to change your mind about three things. And the first thing I want to ask you to do is change your mind about sin. You know, Genesis 19 seems like a, we're a long ways into the Bible. Really, we're only this far into the Bible. We're 19 chapters into the Bible. First chapter of the Bible, God created the earth. Second chapter of the Bible, Genesis 2, God created humans. Third chapter of the Bible, humans turned against God. Humans sin. Sin entered the world. And we see a lot, a lot of the effects of sin right here in this story about Lot. And I want, I, want, I want you to change your mind about sin. We get this idea that sin is this little pet that we can keep with us. Um, as long as it's not too bad and as long as it's not, quote unquote, out of control. But our sins separate us from God and Lot and Sodom. They kind of illustrate our sin problem. Uh, the first thing you see is the snowball. I put the snowball in here. You know what I mean by the snowball effect? You ever take a snowball and roll it down a hill and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger? Well, Lot had that snowballing effect of sin in his life where it started, 
you remember the first lesson, he looked towards Sodom and found it to be attractive to his eyes in Genesis 13, 8, I believe. In Genesis 13, 12, he pitched his tent right outside of Sodom. He camped out outside of Sodom. Genesis 14, he was living in Sodom. In Genesis 19, he's in the city gate. He's a leader in Sodom. You see how he got sucked into this city of sin, this terrible place? Uh, sometimes we think, well, it's just, you know, it's better for me to look at something online than to actually participate in it myself. And we think that that protects us from doing something worse. That's just the beginning of the snowball, bro. So we see the snowball effect. Uh, we see fear. A consequence of sin is fear. Do you, see, do you, see, you notice the fear that, that Lot is operating out of? He's afraid for his guests. Don't stay in the city center. He's afraid to go back in his city. Hey, girls, let's just stay in a cave for the rest of our life and never interact with humanity again. Sin causes fear. Um, sin affects everyone. Remember when Lot, Abraham was praying, God, if there's 10 righteous people in the city, will you spare it? Well, look at verse 4. It says, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people, surrounded the house. There was not a single righteous person in that city. Just like there's not a single righteous person to ever live. The Bible says there are none righteous, no, not one. So sin's not just a problem um, that those really bad people we know at school deal with. Um, sin is a problem that people go to, that go to church deal with. Um, sin is a problem that, quote, unquote, people we consider good deal with. Sin is something that affects all of us. We see here a perverted or a messed up way of thinking I mean, how, how can Lot do, imagine being one of Lot's daughters and hearing your dad say something to the effect of, I don't want you to rape my guests, so here are my daughters. And think about how that warped way of thinking, first transmitted to Lot from the people of Sodom, second transmitted to his daughters thinking, hey, if, if my sexuality is nothing more than a means to an end, well, let's just use it so we can get some, some sons to take care of us. That still happens today. Sexuality be used, being used as a means to an end, as currency, as a bargaining chip to get what you want. The ultimate consequence of sin that we see, man, it's quiet. The ultimate sense of consequences we see is death. Verse 24 and 25, the city was put to death. Just like in Romans 6, it says the payment for sin, the wages of sin, a just, good, yet holy God cannot tolerate sin. And, and we see the punishment for sin being death. And just like the city of Sodom had a crash course with death, the Bible says it's appointed unto all of us once to die and then to be judged. Sin has consequences if you're not saved, doesn't it? Sin has consequences if you are saved too. You know, Lot we know was a saved man, but think about the things that he lost, the consequences here in this earth. He lost his discernment. <laughs> he, couldn't, he, he, he couldn't do any, he, he couldn't make any moral decision, could he? Because he was so consumed by sin. He lost his testimony. The two people he tried to reach out to, the men of Sodom, um, his future sons-in-law to try to help save them to bring their salvation, they just laughed at him just like people laugh at you when you live in sin and then you try to save them out of sin. Right? He lost God's blessings. Remember Lot had all these flocks and herd and he was this wealthy leader in Sodom. He ended up living in a cave with his daughters and nothing to his name. And Lot lost probably a lot of his rewards in heaven because of the way he lived. You know, we try to, we think we can play with sin. We think we can keep it as a pet, that we can just tame it. But sin is not a pet to be tamed. Sin is a cancer that unless we get it out of our body, will eat us alive from the inside out. 
So I know that's kind of heavy to start with, right? Um, but it's a heavy passage, isn't it? We, we, we need to change our mind about sin. Sin is something that even good, quote-unquote, good people deal with, and sin will be our destruction unless it's remedied. Next thing, I want you to change your mind about yourself. Um, sins, cannot be, sins are a big problem, but sins cannot be removed by good deeds. And you see Lot really, he, he, he's try, you see he's trying to do the right thing, but he's so screwed up by sin, he can't. He, he, when the men come to him, or the angels come to him, he bows down and worships, just like we try to worship God to make ourselves feel better about the sin in our life. He serves these men, just like we try to maybe go on a mission trip to, to ease our conscience about a secret sin in our life, or we try to serve God by doing this or doing that to try to make ourselves feel a little bit better about how far away we are from God. He tried to rationalize away his sin. Um, he tried to save other people when he couldn't even save himself. Um, my good deeds and your good deeds are utterly powerless to save you. There is no way that you can tip the scale in your favor. The Bible says none are righteous. No, not one. So my church attendance can't save me. My mission trip can't save me. My Jesus calling devotional can't save me. We can't save ourselves. Sins cannot be removed from good deeds. But the final thing, you probably can see where this is going, right, is I, I want to ask you to change your mind about your Savior. Change your mind about the Savior. Um, what we see is that there was only one way that Lot could be saved, and it was by God's mercy. Look at verse 16. It says, the men seized him. That doesn't sound very merciful, does it, until you realize what they were being pulled out of. The angels seized Lot, God being merciful to him. Lot didn't even want to leave. If Lot had his way, he'd be dead. But God got a hold of him and pulled him to safety and pulled him to salvation. You can see God's mercy all over this story with Lot. God sent angels to rescue him. God protected Lot's family when all the city was surrounding him. God protected Lot from his own stupid decisions with his daughters. God offered salvation to the city even though they chose to ignore it. And here's something really cool. I think we have time to do this. God even redeemed Lot's family tree. Lot's daughter became pregnant by him, so he had a son-slash-grandson. Son-slash-grandson's name was Moab. He ended up moving out of the cave and becoming a pretty wealthy man, but a very sinful man, and he founded a nation called the Moabites. And they were one of the most evil nations you read about in the Bible. But out of the Moabites, there was a widow, a Moabite widow. And her name was Ruth. And Ruth moved to Israel. And Ruth married a guy named Boaz. And they had a son together named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse. Jesse had a son named David, the guy who slayed the giant. And David had a son who had a son who had a son who had a son who had a son named Joseph who had a son named Jesus who saved our sins. So even out of this terrible situation, you see God and his mercy. So how do we close this? We've got two minutes to close this. Um, I don't know if you have time, but turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. It talks about Lot. <laughs> and what it says in 2 Peter 2, 7 is it said, if he, meaning God, rescued righteous Lot... Lot was righteous, what? By the sensual, con distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, you think. For as a righteous man, twice he's called righteous, 
living among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous, third time he was called righteous soul, over their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. Three times Lot's called righteous. How in the world was Lot righteous? Was he righteous because he tried to sell his daughters into sex slavery? Was he righteous because he wouldn't leave the city? Was he righteous because of his fake worship? No, Lot was righteous just like his uncle Abraham was righteous. In Hebrews 11, it says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The only way anybody can be made righteous, can be made holy, can be made right in God's eyes is to believe in Jesus. Lot was saved and Abraham was saved just like you and I are saved. It's not by works, it's by believing in Jesus. Some people try to do works plus faith, meaning if I get my life together, then I can come to Jesus and be saved. And you know, maybe you've kind of heard it said something like this, you know, if you wanna, if you wanna be saved, you, know, you, 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 need to, you need to get rid of your, you know, get rid of your sexual sin, you, know, you need to get rid of your anger, you, know, you need to get rid of this bad thing in your life, you need to get rid of your porn addiction, you need to get rid of that, and then be saved. But that's not what the gospel says. The gospel says you, you can be saved, and you can keep your porn addiction, you can keep your, your, your bad deeds, and you can keep all the things that you struggle with, and you can keep all your anger, because God's gonna put the Holy Spirit in you when you say yes to Jesus and when you believe in him. And that Holy Spirit is going to work in you to remove the desire to sin. So some people say, you gotta have works plus faith. Lot tried works plus faith. He was still in the city. Some people say you gotta have faith plus works. You gotta believe in Jesus and hopefully you'll have enough good deeds in your life to verify that what you (laughs) that that when you believed in Jesus, you really meant it. And I know a lot of people who believe that and they spend their whole life wondering, am I in or am I out? Am I in or am I out? Did I really mean what I prayed when I I asked Jesus to save me? Did I really believe in Jesus when I was six years old or when I was seven years old? It's not works plus faith and it's not faith plus works, it's faith. Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Lot believed in God and even though he was, by all accounts, a terrible person, he was covered by Jesus' righteousness. So the question to leave with, are you trusting your good deeds? Are you trusting your works plus faith? Are you trusting your faith plus works? Or are you simply putting your faith and putting your trust in Jesus? I wanna make it very clear um, because I'm afraid that we have a lot of people sitting in church who really don't know what it means to be saved and really have a, think it's all about the good things that you do. It's not about what you do or what you will do. It's about what's been done by Jesus. So maybe some of you, you know, you have a question. You're like, man, this is, this is new. This, is, <laughs> this has never been clear before like this. Um, find your tag leader. Find someone afterwards and, and follow up with them and say, hey, I really want to make sure I'm saved. If you don't want to have a person, you know, we don't do face-to-face very well anymore, text your group, text your tag leader, text me. Um, you, know, you can know for sure that you're saved. And then for those of you that you know for sure you're saved, but you're still struggling with sin, just like, just like Lot was, Lot's trying to do it all on his own. You need to fall on the mercy of God. That's the only way anybody can be saved from the eternal consequences of sin and the earthly consequences of sin. I hope that was clear. Like sometimes we just need a real clear understanding of what it means to be saved and what it means to have victory over sin. And Lot is a bad example that points to the best example, Jesus. Uh, So let's pray. And the middle school is like ready to tear our door down. So let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you for Jesus. (laughs) We would be so lost if it wasn't for Jesus and if it wasn't for the cross that made a way for us to be made right with God. 
Um, but God, you, you sent your son to live a perfect life, um, to carry, uh, to, to, to wear our sin on the cross. And when Jesus went to the grave, he took our sins with him. When he rose again, he gave us that victorious life over sin. And God, we believe that when we put our faith in you, when we believe you, that we become righteous, we become right, we become saved in your eyes. Uh, so God, I pray for people who are battling with sin um, tonight, that it'll be, a, it'll be kind of a stake in the ground, um, knowing that they're saved, knowing that their sins are forgiven, and knowing that they can live in victory. I pray for people that they're just, they just don't know if they're saved. Um, they don't know if you're, they're covered by your blood. They're covered by Jesus. Um, God, that they'll make sure tonight that they know beyond like any shadow of doubt that they're saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.